We surrender ourselves unworthy before the one who is worthy. The Spirit of the living God fall fresh. Fall fresh in this place tonight. Fall fresh over every circumstance. Fall fresh over every season. We proclaim your power and your authority and your truth and your holiness into our lives, the brokenness in which we are in need of you. Lord, you are so worthy, so worthy of our praise. We are so unworthy to approach your throne, yet you call us to come to you. Spirit, I pray that you would soften hearts this evening as you have been. And as your word is brought forth, I pray if there is any crustiness that is surrounding our hearts, in the name of Jesus, would you remove that crust? That we would be drawn to you, sensitive and soft towards your leading, open and willing with ears to hear what you have to say. Spirit, I pray conviction in our hearts and in our souls tonight, that we would be drawn to repentance before you to expose ourselves open and raw and allow you to bring healing and restoration into our life. Draw us to confession before you. Convict us of, your, of, of our sin, Spirit, that we would seek your healing, I pray. And Spirit, I pray for a fresh wave, a fresh infilling, a move and an empowerment into our lives, into our soul, into our spirit to be empowered into ministry, to care and to love others. Lord, we know we need you. We cannot do it in our natural selves. We need your supernatural power to equip us for this. I pray that the continued work of your fruit to be evident tonight. May it increase as we, we remain close to you. May your gifts be in operations this evening and compel us to move forward daily operating within the gifts that you desire to see take place church. We submit ourselves to you, our King of Kings, Jesus, the name above every other name. We pray this in your name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Can we give it up to the Lord tonight? Thank you, worship band. Thank you to all of our worship bands who are going full tilt this week. It's so awesome. We're so blessed, eh? We're so blessed to have multiple teams with multiple people who are giving of their time, their talents, their efforts uh, to serve us, to lead us into a place of holiness before mm -hmm. the Lord. Uh, so we're so grateful for them. Uh, James, wanted to say you look great today. It's because I look like you. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, lots of people said that. So I thought, yeah. man, you do. Yeah. You look really good. Oh, well, thanks. Man. Yeah, so you know, God bless you I'm not tonight. getting any younger. I'll take it where I can get it. You know, that's good. It's good. How you guys doing? Doing okay? Graham? Where are you? Can't see anything. Oh, hi. How you doing? Is that Tanisha? Let's give a round of applause for Tanisha, shall we? What a gem. What a gem. I have learned lesson upon lesson from Tanisha. As she serves and follows Christ, the softness that inhabits her heart is amazing. Can I get an amen on that one? Hey, you know it. Oh, guys, I'm feeling a little Pentecostal tonight. Oh, I ate some Greek food before coming here this evening, and I ate it too fast. Some calamari, some cordon bleu, 
little bit of rice pilaf with some carrots mixed into it. Little too much deep fried stuff going on there and it is sitting funny. But to that I say, uh, not today, Satan. We are not going to let that get us down this evening. So, guys, girls, you've had an assignment. What? What are you laughing at? Who didn't know the assignment? You've had an assignment. If you'd missed like Tuesday morning, ask your neighbor what you missed. We want to deal with some stuff tonight. So it's spiritual emphasis week. So we're going to emphasize the spiritual this evening. We're going to emphasize the spiritual this evening. Now, I don't know what backgrounds you guys come from. I don't know what your histories are like. I don't know what religious affiliations you guys hang on. But the reality is, if you have the audacity to believe in God and also in his son, Jesus, either A, there's something completely wrong with you, or B, you have to come to grips with the fact that you believe in something beyond yourself, supernatural, untangible, beyond what your natural eyes can see. There is a whole world out there that you probably have not had the opportunity to fully perceive. It seems strange. But every time that we pray, Every time we pray, we have this silent admission that we are reaching out beyond time and space into the depths of eternity, hoping and believing that something greater than us hears our prayers to affect our circumstances. That is insanity. It's insanity. But it's real. It's true. There are mysteries beyond our natural understanding. We might get a glimpse of it in part here on this side of the grave, but we will know fully on the other side in eternity with Christ Jesus, but we're not there yet. But we are past the start. matters that we deal with, the pieces that we wrestle with, the stuff that affects our souls cannot be dealt with by human means. There's this piece called consciousness that exists within every one of us, and science this day has no idea where consciousness comes from. It's intangible, unquantifiable. We can't measure it, understand it, know it. However, we understand and know that it exists. We just can't put our fingers on it. And the leading scientists and psychologists and quantum mechanic and physicists of our day still believe to this point that we will never have an understanding of where consciousness comes from. But it makes up who you are. It's your soul. It's this piece inside of you that inhabits this fleshly body that's on loan from the dirt and it will return to the dirt one day. But our soul, our spirit, our consciousness goes beyond the grave into the realm of eternity to reside with God. 
And between now and then, we have moments where we can connect and we can commune with the untouchable, unseeable. Perhaps maybe we consider unknowable God, but I wanna tell you tonight that God already knows you. He knows everything about you. He has seen it all. He has seen it before you were born. He sees it after you're dead. He knows you intimately and deeply and profoundly more than you'll ever know yourself. Yet we often hold back from allowing him in to the depths of our hearts to deal with the stuff that only the master mechanic can touch. We need Jesus so desperately, church. We need Jesus so desperately. And we got caught, we get caught up in all this, all this stuff. We got get caught up in the distractions of the world around us. We get caught up in our relationships. We get caught up in our schoolwork. We get caught up in our bills and, and our timelines and, and what's gonna happen when we get older. We get caught up in our sickness and our disease. We get caught up in our sorrowful attitudes. We get caught up in our anxiety and our depression. We get caught up in all of these things. But in the grand scheme of eternity, they're immaterial. but they can actually affect our eternity. When we place them on pedestals as our identity, rather than surrendering our hearts to the King of Kings. Who are you? Who are you? If you are a Christian, and you have the audacity to say that you believe in something that you can't see or touch or feel, if you're some psycho that sits in your room and prays to some unseen thing, welcome to the club. Yeah, thanks. Welcome to the club. We're nuts. We're nuts. If you think about it, we're absolutely certifiably insane. We expect to hear the voice of God. We expect to not only hear the voice of God, but be able to speak to him. We also expect that he can interact with us and affect our circumstances. I want to stand here tonight and tell you that it's true, completely, totally, 100%, undeniable. God is real. God is real. Spiritual emphasis week, we're emphasizing the spiritual tonight. God is real. We are primarily spiritual beings. And we happen to inhabit these bodies. And we, got caught up, we get caught up in the things that affect this circumstance. Forgetting fully and completely that the battle that we face is actually a spiritual battle. It's true. I'll give you an assignment in the morning yesterday to identify and reflect upon the very things that affect your soul, the very things that affect your spirit, the very things that hamper your connection to God. 
Maybe for some of you, it was easy. Boom, 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 got my list done, out of the way, perfect. I'm feeling good. Here, teacher, can I have my grade? Others of you have been wrestling with this. Well, what does this mean? I've lived a really good life. I've never done anything bad. I haven't even so much as thought about anything terrible once in my entire life. We all know what those ones are liars, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means all. We need to deal with that stuff. And I think sometimes when we're in the Christian culture, we, we get really tied up in this idea that we're just going to keep on plowing through all the stuff, our routines, our day-to-day things, the stuff we're supposed to do to appear to be good Christians, and we neglect dealing with the foundational issues that are in our lives. We forget it. And in the rat race and the rush of all of it, our hearts become calloused. Our souls become calloused to the finger of God touching us. Convicting us. Dealing with us. I'm not a particularly churchy guy. I uh, shared a bit of my story the other day. I don't, I, I mean, I'm a pastor, right? So like you guys know I'm a pastor and everything. My wife's a pastor, but she's, she's far more Christian than I am. She's a little, she's a little churchier, churchier than, than I am. I, uh, I have a hard time with Christians. If you know Jesus, why am I spending time with you? I think my job is supposed to be going out, making disciples, baptizing them. God deals with the rest. I carry on, make disciples, baptize them. Carry on to the next, make disciples, baptize them. I love interacting with people that don't know Jesus. Because when you start sharing and explaining and talking and describing, the the mysteries that are plaguing their minds begin to have the lights turn on and they realize, wow. This is what my soul desires. And there's like this fresh understanding and expectation that, oh my goodness, this, this, this thing that I need so desperately is actually real. The thing that my soul yearns for is actually real. This, this guy's bearing witness to it. This is actually real. You mean that I can have a different life that isn't just here and now, but, but forever changed because of, of, because of this guy, Jesus? But I think when we're in church for so long and we're in Christian education for so long and we're in our Christian cultures for so long, we, we forget, we become numb to the very things that we ought to be so sensitive to. And the moment that that sensitivity begins to creep back up again, we stuff it down because we don't want to deal with the feelings that maybe we might be going backwards. No, we're supposed to progress forward. We're supposed to always be moving forward. We can't ever stop for a moment. We can't go backwards. We don't want to defame the testimony of Jesus by having to admit and deal with our stuff. Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care about all that, he cares about your heart. And he wants to affect your heart so much so that you go out and then make a difference in this world because what he has done for you. He equips you with the tools you need to go out into this world 
and affect it profoundly so that eternities are transformed. And you know what? It's not by your effort, although you have to put out some effort. When you get to go and share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus, it changes hearts and lives. Has your heart in your life been changed by Jesus? John 15, chapter 18, or verse 18. The world hates you. Know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus, you're not giving us some good news here. I want to be liked. I want more followers. I want more people to talk to me. I want to feel special. I want to feel accepted. I want to feel like I matter in this world. But guess what? Jesus isn't from this world and neither are your souls. This is temporary. Eternities are at stake. Eternities are at stake. Jesus doesn't give a rip about the here and now. Jesus cares about your eternities. Sure, he's going to heal people from cancer and fix a broken leg and deal with some tumors. I've watched it with my own two eyes here and overseas in different parts of the world. But that is secondary. It is the state of the soul that matters to Jesus. I chose you out of the world. Remember the world, the word that I said to you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. If you kept my word, they will, will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do, do, not, do not know him who sent me. That's code for Jesus saying, look, they're going to do terrible things to you in this world that you live in because they do not know my father. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin, for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to, to keep you from falling away. They're going to put you out of the churches. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will actually think that he is offering a service to God. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. 
Think about the stuff you hear in the news and the things you read in social media, the chaos and calamity that is existing in the world right now. Listen, they will put you out of the churches. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that they are actually offering a service to God. And we wonder sometimes, how can we come to a place when people are saying, Jesus, Jesus, I've called your name and you're just telling me you don't know me? It is not impossible for us to be wildly deceived. That is why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to keep us from the deception of the enemy that is oh so attractive to our ears. We need to be aware. We need to be cautious. We need to be wary. We need to have spiritual eyes to see beyond what is in front of us naturally into the supernatural so we can be aware of what's going on around us. They'll do these things because they have not known the Father or me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. We declare the truth that you, O oh God, are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You, Heavenly Father, are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You, Heavenly Father, know all things and you know our hearts. You, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, O oh Lord, for your love and compassion and care for us. We thank you that you are more concerned with the state of our souls than you are concerned about the state of our present situations. But you still love us and desire to affect our present situations. Lord, that is grace and mercy beyond anything, anything we ever deserve. God, we thank you that we can reflect upon your word and we can see your plan unfold in it for us. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you that you desire to reconcile us unto you. We thank you for the new covenant that's in your blood. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that brings conviction and correction and repentance and restoration. Thank you. You got your lists there and they're in front of you and maybe you're adding some things to them and you're still sorting it out. And, and maybe for some of you, this isn't for all of you, but maybe for some of you, there are things that you just can't even dare to put down on a piece of paper out of sheer terror that somebody might see it. You need to understand, I work a lot with non-Christians. I am not a stranger to the depravity that goes on in the hearts and mind of men and women. Not even close to a stranger of it. 
But more than that, God is not a stranger to what the state of your heart is and the things that might be harbored in there. But those things, if you aren't prepared to deal with them, I want to give you a stern warning right now that if you choose to not deal with these things, a sliver will be left in your heart that will fester and bring rot and it will bring death. The only thing that will get hurt tonight by dealing with the stuff that's going on in your heart is pride. It's the only thing that's going to get hurt in the midst of all this. It's just pride and pride. And do you want your heart full of You might be offended by the fact that I said a four-letter word that starts with S. But I'll tell you what, Jesus is more offended by the reality that we try to carry these things on our own. Jesus died on the cross, yet we still try to bear the weight of our sin. There was a seriousness that happened upon the cross. A deep and profound seriousness that occurred upon the cross. Jesus died on that cross for you. Not for things to stay hidden and undealt with. Not for things to stay covered up and hidden away. Jesus died on that cross because Jesus is the chain breaker. Jesus is the hope dealer. Jesus is the heart healer. And Jesus is the eternity changer. And the best part about all of this is he has given a gift to us. He left it for us that will fill us and work in us and through us and equip us and empower us for ministry. And that is his beautiful, wonderful, amazing Holy Spirit. And the cool thing is, is when you've got the Holy Spirit in your tool belt, ministry, no matter where it is or where it brings you, Ministry will have a lightness to it because the effort and the burden is not yours to bear. It is borne on the shoulders of Christ. It's not yours. This thing, this dealing with our messes and our sin and our unforgiveness, it might seem impossible. I promise you the moment that you begin getting it out and processing it, you suddenly realize this is actually the most possible thing that I could ever possibly do. All I have to do is just lay it all down. Think about that. All you have to do is take it all off and lay it all down. And the journey becomes free and light in Jesus' name. Worship team, where are you? You got down too quickly. Get up here. So before we begin praying for you guys to get filled with the Holy Spirit, let's deal with our lists. I want you to find a comfortable spot. Maybe it's in your chair. That's great. Maybe you need to flip around and stuff your face into the seat of your chair. Maybe you need to find a spot somewhere else in this room and lay down on the ground on your belly and just, you know, get in the right posture before God. But I want you to find a space where you can just sit and take a moment of reflection. Guys, I, I I'm not a, don't particularly care if we go late tonight. Maybe you guys might. You got class in the morning. I, I don't. 
I don't care if we go late tonight. What's a couple of hours amongst friends spent with Jesus? Yeah, maybe seven. I don't want to rush stuff. It's easy to rush things. We rush things all the time. But this isn't microwave faith. We're not putting our popcorn in for three and a half minutes and expecting it to be done and have some nourishment. We want to deal with some stuff. I don't know what you guys want to play, but keep it chill. This isn't for anybody else except for you. This is time that I want to give you to spend with Jesus. We often aren't afforded that. A time of reflection. It's not scary. I mean, it can be scary to think about the fact that we have to admit that we've fallen short of the glory of God. But spoiler alert, every one of us has. So we're all in the same boat. And what's really cool is it doesn't matter what kind of sin you've been harboring or carrying or what type of forgiveness or unforgiveness you haven't been wanting to deal with or process. It's just a gigantic level playing field because really in the grand scheme of eternity and before God, our creator, we're all just a giant mess that he loves so wonderfully and desperately. Don't be afraid of this process. Don't be afraid of the tears to fall. Don't be afraid of your heart breaking. Don't be afraid of feeling that maybe you're going to lose your identity in the midst of this process. It's okay. It's okay. My job is not to be a good teacher. I'm not a really great teacher. In fact, you guys are all far, far more educated than I am. And I mean that with all sincerity. My job, my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the job of a pastor, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. There's a whole lot of world out there for us to go into and minister to. There's lots of it, eight billion people out there. Jesus loves every single one of them and he's asked us to love them too. But if you're going to be champions of the gospel and you're going to follow Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth wherever he calls you to go, it's time to trade your burdens in for his light ones. Because when we give it to him, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We've been carrying some heavy stuff on our souls, folks. It's time to offload it. It's time to get prepared. It's time to get ready. It's time to posture our hearts and say, Jesus, I'm ready to be equipped by your Holy Spirit for the sake of ministry. So wherever you want to go, I'll give you a minute. You can find a different spot if you need to. You can close your eyes. You can bow your heads. You can find a private spot somewhere in this room. You can stuff your head into a corner or lay down flat on your belly. Get comfortable. Why? Because you are going to go find a place to posture yourself low before your king of kings.
Get low. Get down. Posture yourself. A tool that I use is I imagine when I'm in this place of prayer, I imagine that I'm walking into a kingdom. Through the doors, the drawbridges come down. You got the guards on each side of you as you're coming into this place, and you feel wildly, wildly out of place. You know that you know that you know that, boy, I don't even deserve to be here and have an audience with this guy. Take off your hats. Make sure you don't look too horrendously disheveled. And when that door opens to the throne room of the king, you don't walk in there and be like, yo, what's up? No. No, you get down on your knees, face to the ground. Oh, king of kings, you are mighty and you are righteous and you are true. There is no other God before you. Now, I I know what you're thinking. I don't even know if I believe this. My heart's not in the spot to accept this yet. I want you to begin declaring who you know God to be. Your heart might not feel it at this moment, but let your lips declare the praises of the king. Lord, you are the king of kings. Merciful God. Mighty Lord. There is no other God before you. You alone are righteous. You alone are mighty. You alone are Lord and Savior. You are gracious and you are kind. You are just and you are righteous. You are holy and you are mighty. You are great and I am not. I need you, King. I need you, Heavenly Father. I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Search my heart, O Lord. Thank you for not destroying me. Thank you for not casting me away, even though I deserve it. Thank you for not hating me. I deserve it so much. Thank you so much for not hating me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for the times that I've I've run the other direction from you. Where I haven't listened to you. Where I haven't chased after you. I'm so sorry for the times that you've tried to confront me and deal with me. And I've shut you out. I don't deserve to be here before you right now. I don't deserve to have an audience with you, the king. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. I know you've seen my heart. I know you've seen my thoughts. I know you've seen the things that I've done in secret. I know you've seen how I've treated people publicly and privately. I know the things, I know you've seen the things I've done online.
funcione I'm sorry God I'm sorry God that that I've expected continuous forgiveness from you and I have refused to forgive the others who have hurt me but I don't have the strength to forgive them I don't know how to do it I can't do it on my own I need your help alongside of you and he shows you not to hurt you not to ruin you he, he shows you what you need to let go of and when I'm in this place just sharing my story here when I'm in this place I say Lord please show me who do I need to forgive ask him right now Heavenly Father, show me who I need to forgive. And when he shows you, I want you to say this. Okay, Lord, I trust in you. Today, I choose to forgive. Mm. Move on to the next one. Today, I choose to forgive. Mm. Take some time and work through your lists. Take some time and deal with it tonight.
If you're thinking it's impossible, if you're thinking it is just impossible to forgive, I want you to just take a chance tonight. If you think it's impossible to forgive, I want you to say, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Lord, help me with my unbelief. Thank you for the strength that comes from you to forgive. soften hearts here soften hearts here tonight Lord soften hearts here tonight Lord where they've been cracked and broken and hardened soften hearts Lord repair hearts today Lord joy restore hope restore peace thank you thank you through your lists of people you need to forgive ask the Lord again Lord is there anyone else is there anyone else I need to forgive again don't be afraid if he brings it up he's, he's not bringing it up to shame you or to make you afraid or to cause you to recoil he's bringing it up because he says it's time to deal with it you can trust in him knowing that he's bringing it up because he loves you and it's time to deal with it. Today, I choose to forgive. forgive so your heavenly father freely forgives you and it's a good day for that
whatever it is. Plainly and simply say, Lord, please forgive me for whatever it is. Maybe you got a short list. Maybe you got a long list. Go through the list. Lord, forgive me. And thank him. Thank him for the forgiveness. walking through your lists and you're dealing with your stuff and you're forgiving and being forgiven this is a good thing this is a good thing it says in Ephesians chapter 6 on praying if you need to. Ignore my voice if you're in the middle of something. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, 
against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil in the unseen realms. Some of you have been praying over you over the last few days as I've been praying over you over the last couple of months there's a few things that were highlighted when it comes to the spiritual so I want to ask a few questions and I want you to be brave enough to raise your hand because we're going to deal with these things tonight. We read in the Bible that there are, well, we've seen it right here, there are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, in the unseen realms. The battle isn't a flesh and blood battle. Even though we have flesh and blood consequences, the battle is a spiritual battle. And sometimes we allow demonic things into our lives or they've come into our circumstances. And they profoundly and deeply affect us. Going to sound like weird things to ask a bunch of Bible college students, but I promise you it's not the weirdest thing that I've seen unfold. So I'm going to ask these questions, and please, this isn't at all to bring any shame or guilt or condemnation whatsoever. This is to identify and to deal with and be done with and see freedom in Jesus' name. So, church, I want to ask you, and I call you church because you are the church. Church, I want to ask you. Is anyone here, has anyone here been wrestling with continuous thoughts of murder, of wanting to just murder or take a life? Has it been heavy on your heart? Has it come into your mind? Is it something that you've been wrestling with or given thought to? If that's anybody here, if you've been wrestling with this, please put up your hand and we want to pray for you tonight. wrestling with thoughts of suicide. Please put up your hand. Put your hand up. Stand up. This isn't to single you out or make you feel afraid. It is time. It is time to deal with this tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your bravery to stand up in the midst of the hellish struggles and challenges that have been on your heart. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for standing. Anybody else wrestling with this idea or thought of suicide that plagues you in your dark times? Thank you. Listen, listen. 
This no longer is going to have a hold on your life. We are going to deal with this tonight. The Spirit of God, when His Holy Spirit is present, it brings power and love and a sound mind. When there is chaos and confusion, destruction, that is from the enemy. And the enemy wants nothing more than to ruin you, to destroy you, and to kill you. He does not want any survivors left. He wants to take you with him, and he wants you to take that action on your own because he is a coward. But you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Girls, you are loved. You are loved by your Heavenly Father. He sees you. Every bit of you and He loves you. You are beautiful to Him. He has compassion on you. He cares so deeply for you. He traded himself for you. People, if you're around these gals, lay a hand on them. Get close. Put a hand on their shoulder. Come around them. Come around them. Come on now. Get up. Get around them. Put your hand on their shoulder. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Now listen to this. Listen to this. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, spirit of suicide, we command you to go from these girls. In Jesus' name, you have no business over them. They are bought and paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. How dare you try to lay a hand on them? How dare you try to take their life? How dare you try to speak lies into their minds? In the name of Jesus, be gone from this place. You have no business here. You are not allowed here anymore. Be gone in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, touch these girls. Pour your life into them. Pour your abundant life into them. Dispel any lie of the enemy that has been spoken over them. Dispel any lie of the enemy that they have taken in and eternalized and believed. Dispel the thoughts that have diminished them and brought them to ruin. Bring healing, Jesus. Bring healing, Jesus. Bring healing, Jesus healing in Jesus name thank you Jesus 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Girls, listen up. Listen to this. This is very simple. Simple phrase. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's talking about you. You are set free in Jesus' name. The claws of the enemy are gone. That is it. Done. Chapter closed. New life in Jesus' name. It is time to walk victoriously forward in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a praise offering this evening. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please understand this. Please understand this. The Lord does not bring things up to cause shame, guilt, or condemnation. Those come from Satan and the pit of hell. Jesus brings things up to identify them, deal with them, and move forward victoriously in Christ. There is no shame or condemnation in Jesus Christ. None. Satan wants you to be ashamed He wants you to feel guilty and he wants you to feel condemned so that you do not call out to Jesus, so that you do not confess your sins, so that you do not receive freedom in Jesus' name, so that you constantly and forever walk with hindrances all around you. That is not the heart of Jesus for your life. It isn't. Plain and simple. Jesus went through too much effort on that cross for us to live in shame and guilt and condemnation. He went through too much effort on that cross for us to live in the midst of constant and total death and annihilation. Jesus died upon that cross for you to have life and life in abundance. So when he brings things up, he doesn't do it to cause you to be ashamed or guilty or afraid. He brings it up because he loves you and he's like, look, son and daughter, it's time. You can trust me. It's time. I know this next one's going to be tough. Has anybody... Has anybody here been raped or have thought have had thoughts about raping someone I'm going to put my hand up first because I was when I was young it took me so long so long to deal with that it took years of crippling pornography addiction trying to think that I was man enough 
by looking at all that stuff, hoping to take away the things in my mind that had happened to me when I was young. It took too long because I was too scared to just go to God. I was terrified. When I finally went to him, I finally talked to him, I finally talked to my wife. Man. Man. I was angry for a bit. I was frustrated because I didn't really understand why. But as I processed those normal, healthy, common human emotions, I began to realize that in spite of the mess that I experienced on the earth in my life, Jesus still loved me and he still had a plan for me. And he actually restored me and he actually healed me. raped or have had thoughts about raping please put up your hand we want to pray for you tonight thank you thank you thank you so much for your, thank you so much for your honesty Satan Satan is really pissed right now he doesn't like this he doesn't like this will go to the nth degree to try to keep you silent for the rest of your life so you are ruined. But that is not the heart of our Father God. He loves you so much. Put up your hand, please. We want to see where you are. Get around these folks. Get around them. Honor their space, please. Honor their space. Ask permission, please, first, if you can lay a hand on their shoulder. A lot has been taken from them. We don't want to step beyond what is okay in the moment. So please just make sure as you approach, have sensitivity. Few things, few things are more horrendous than this. Because innocence is stolen and intimacy is broken. And it's hard to grasp the gravity of what is torn away in those moments. But I want to let you know that there is healing, there is healing, there is restoration, and there is love from the Father. Yes, you're going to have pain and hurt and you're going to have to process that and that is okay, that is normal. Don't worry, it is okay and it is normal. But God sees you. He has not abandoned you or left you. He knows you and he knows what you've gone through. In Jesus' name, spirit of rape and molestation, we command you to go from these folks in the name of Jesus. You have no business here. You have no right over them. They are bought and paid for by the shed blood of Christ upon that cross. Your grip is broken. These chains have been loosed. Be set free in Jesus' name. Be set free in Jesus' name. 
You spirits that have come to bring destruction, to steal, kill, and destroy, we command you to go now from this place. Leave this place in the name of Jesus. You must listen to the authority of Christ Jesus. You have no right and no hold anymore. Any lie that has been spoken, any justification that has been worked around in the mind, we command those things to be gone in Jesus' name. And we declare freedom in the name of Jesus over these folks tonight. Freedom in the name of Jesus over these folks tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you restore, restore and heal the most intimate places. Restore and heal the most intimate places by your gentleness and your kindness. Bring peace where there has been turmoil. Bring life where there has been death. Bring hope where there has been despair. Jesus, pour out your healing. Pour out your healing. And we thank you, Lord, so much for your incredible, tender, kind, and gracious love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I understand that there are people here that may not have been able to raise their hand. And that does not mean that God does not see you. It does not mean that he does not love you. God knows you so well. He understands your limitations and there is no shame or guilt in that. He knows you. And the same prayer that I prayed over these folks applies to you. In Jesus' name, you are set free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
pretty amazing is that uh, there are no mysteries to God. It's fascinating, really. Fascinating. There are no mysteries to Him. And there is no limitation to the depths of His love for His children. None. It's incredible. It's incredible that God can reach out beyond time and space, beyond our understanding of of the physical world all around us, and He can reach out beyond all of that to touch our lives, to affect our eternities. And He didn't do that so we could just eat, sleep, live, and die. did that so that we can go out and affect the world around us. So we can testify about the good things that the Lord has done. So we can champion the name of Christ wherever we go across this globe. Whatever work we put our hands to. Whatever tasks that we accomplish. The things that we do, we get to do them all to the glory of God. And he equips us for that. And he gives us his Holy Spirit to do great things. He does. We said this over and over again as we've been reading the text. It's like, it's like Jesus is stuttering. He's saying it so many times. I'm about to leave. I'm going to send you someone. I'm about to leave. I'm going to send you someone. I'm about to leave. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm about to go from you. A helper is on the way. I'm returning to the Father. The Father is sending a helper. The Holy Spirit is coming. Wait. The Holy Spirit is coming. Wait. The Holy Spirit is coming. I'm sending a helper. I'm about to go. I won't be with you in the flesh anymore, but I am sending a helper. We need the helper. We need the helper. We need the helper. The book of Acts, chapter 2, I love this. The fireworks start when the church begins to happen. Jesus ascends after giving the command and the commission to his followers. Reiterating over and over again the same thing we're reading here. You're going to continue reading it all through the rest of John where Jesus continues to say, I'm about to leave. I'm going to send you the helper. Wait. This is the cool part. His followers were postured. They were ready. They were waiting. There's a prerequisite. Dr. Roger Stronstad teaches about it. The antecedent prerequisites of the Holy, receiving the Holy Spirit. I love the way he breaks it down. He starts all the way 
from the beginning of the New Testament and follows all the examples through of when people were filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a commonality. It's pretty neat. There are men and women. Men and women who receive the Holy Spirit to empower them for ministry. Don't let anyone ever tell you that it's just a guy thing. Please. Men and women were poised to receive the power of the Holy Spirit because they were walking righteously before the Lord. And now you might be thinking, I can't walk righteously before the Lord, but guess what? We just dealt with all the stuff and there's no other stuff to deal with. Your list is gone. In this moment, guess what? Thank you, Lord, by your grace and the work of Christ upon this cross. Our sins are forgiven. We are set free from the things that bound us. We are standing righteously before you, Lord. Lord, we're ready for the helper. Now, all these folks, they waited in a steamy, hot, late night room, the upper room. They prayed fervently. That means seriously. They were too legit to quit. They got on their knees and they were seeking after the Lord and they were doing what they were supposed to do. They dealt with their stuff. They were waiting. Because Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. They're like, man, we need that helper. And as they waited, a sound like a rushing wind tore through this place. These flickering things of fire, like tongues of fire, came upon and rested on everyone in the room. I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what it looked like, but I've seen the pictures. A bunch of white guys with fire tongues on their heads. But as they waited, as they dealt with their stuff, as they accepted the forgiveness of their sins that comes from Christ's work upon that cross, they received the Holy Spirit. And our world has never been the same since. Never. 2,000 years ago, Christ's work on the cross and his promise of the helper to come equip us changed the landscape of the world. The Holy Spirit fell on these men and women and equipped them and empowered them for the ministry that was right outside the door of that building. They were never intended to stay in that place. They ran from that place. And fascinatingly enough, they began speaking the languages of the people on the streets. And it didn't even make sense. They're drunk. They're crazy. They ate something. They got into something. It's the mushrooms. It's in the bread. They ate some pork. We don't know what happened, but they are doing something so wild and crazy. And some folks, it didn't make sense to them. Other folks were astonished because these men and women in these beautiful tongues, in these languages, that were of the people of the streets, they began to prophesy. They began to prophesy. 
every one of them. They went onto the streets and they spoke the languages of the people on the streets and they prophesied of the coming king. Get ready. They said, Jesus is coming. He's coming back in glory. The landscape of the world was transformed. Church, we often, often neglect the reality that we desperately need some supernatural intervention in this natural world that we live in. And that comes from the Holy Spirit touching our lives, filling us to overflowing, so much so that it spills out of us and into the world around us, affecting souls and lives, changing eternities, not by your strength, but the strength that he gives you. And what I love about this is that every single one of you, every single one of you can receive the Holy Spirit to equip you for ministry. The burden of trying to just make a go of it is lifted from you because that is God's weight to carry. You simply get to be the vessel. It's true. It's true. You get to be the vessel. Man, they're not going to like me saying this. You can quit school tomorrow. Don't do it. <sighs> Never going to ask me back again. You can quit school tomorrow. You can run into these streets and you can declare the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is working in you and working through you. So who here tonight knows that they've received the Holy Spirit? Put your hands high. Don't be ashamed. Hold it up. Who here, who here is, has not received the Holy Spirit yet? You're like, I'm not totally sure. Put your hands up high. Put them up high if you have not received the Holy Spirit yet. Really high. Put them up high. Extra high. Stand on a chair. Where are you? Stand on a chair right now. Get up onto a chair. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, get up onto a chair right now because I want to know where you're at. Stand up. Come on, get up on a chair. Get up on a chair. Get up on that chair. Come on. Stand up. Don't be ashamed. Stand up. This is what we're doing. We are praying for you to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit to equip you for ministry. Plain and simple. How can we do this? How do we know that we can do this? Well, the Bible calls us to lay on of hands for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Know what else is really cool? Is that sin separates us from God. But guess what? Tonight we've dealt with all of that. If there's anything lingering, that's not from the Lord. That's from Satan. And when you get confronted with the stuff that used to be a part of your identity an hour ago, it's no longer who you are in the eyes of God. Be secure in that. Know that. Who you were an hour ago is no longer who you are in the eyes of God. He no longer sees that. He has removed your trans... This is a promise of the word of God. He has removed your transgressions from you as far as the east is from the west. Amen? It's true. He has removed your transgressions from you as far as the east is from the west. Wow! It's dealt with. It's gone. Chalkboard wiped clean. Can't get it back. The only one who's going to bring that up is Satan. 
And he's sly, he's tricky. I know what you did. I know what you were into. I know what you were thinking about last week. I know what you wrote down on your list. You can stand confidently here right now and say, yeah, big deal. You know what? You're defeated. Jesus has forgiven me. I am no longer known by who I used to be. I am a daughter and a son of the most high God. He who the son sets free is free indeed. And then you can look look at him and say, not today, Satan. You are not going to bring the accusations against me. You are defeated. You are not going to bring that death against me anymore. It's done. It is finished. It died upon that cross with Christ. He took it on his shoulders. It is gone. How dare you try to bring that against me? I am free in Jesus' name. Stand on that identity. Stand on that truth. Anchor to that. When you anchor to that, you will not be moved or shaken ever. You are not who you used to be. You are set free in Jesus' name. I have days where I'm just driving places and life is busy. And I think everybody around me must think I am nuts in traffic because all the stuff comes back. I know what you did when you were such and such age. I know what you thought about back when the day. I know what you were into. I know the things you did. And I have screamed at the top of my lungs in the cab of my truck going down the highway like an absolute lunatic. No! No, I know I used to be that, but I am not that anymore in the name of Jesus. Do not let the enemy get a grip on your heart and drag you back to the death that Jesus saved you from. Do not let it happen. You say, not today, Satan. How dare you bring that against me? I am standing on the promise of God. He has set me free in Jesus' name, and I have a future and a life and a hope in him. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So, how do we know that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit tonight? You dealt with your stuff. It's gone. Standing righteously together before the Lord, by God's grace. So come around these people. Folks, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, come around these people. Okay, get off a chair. Now we know where you are. Get off a chair. (coughs) Come around, these people. Guys, this isn't about theatrics. This isn't a magic trick. We're not summoning things. We're not playing sorcery. We are coming before the Most High God who has asked the church, to lay on of hands for the infilling and receiving of the Holy Spirit. So when you're around these people, pray for them. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Fill this place, Lord God. Fill these sons and daughters of you, Lord Jesus. Fill them with the Holy Spirit to the point of overflowing. Equip them and give them the tools for the ministry. Give them the language of the people. Give them tongues and prophecy. Allow them to speak words of kindness and joy. Give them life and abundance by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Pour out upon them the gifts of the Spirit. Fill their tool belts with the tools needed to do the work of the ministry in this dark world. We thank you for that, Lord God. We praise you for that, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. And as a declaration of the truth that is in the gospel, it says this, where two or more, and we are the or more, are gathered in the name of Jesus, there the Holy Spirit is in our midst. We thank you for the promise of that, Lord God. We thank you that we can stand upon that. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here in our midst. We thank you for your grace that's bestowed upon us. Church, I want you to have an expectation, and it is okay to have an expectation. It is okay to have an expectation because this expectation comes from a promise of God, and He is the giver of good gifts. And when we ask of Him, He, as a good Father does, gives those good gifts. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God has given you a word for the people that you're praying for, I want you to walk in that. Be obedient. Share it. Give a word of encouragement. Be a blessing. Share what the Lord is laying on your heart with the person that you are praying for and give them a word of encouragement should that be what the Lord has for you tonight.
Okay, folks. I want to end with this piece of encouragement for you. I want to end with this piece of encouragement for you. Don't be concerned if nothing wild has happened. Don't be concerned if nothing wild has happened. What I want you to be concerned with is the reality that God's Holy Spirit, as it comes into our life and infiltrates our life and begins to work and overflow and bubble out, our hearts are transformed. Our lives are transformed. And we should have a holy expectation for the evidence of these things. We should have a holy expectation for the evidence of a transformed life because of the work of the Holy Spirit. And we praise you, Lord God, for the work of your Holy Spirit. And I love this. It says this in Galatians chapter 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. That is why we started at the beginning dealing with the desires of the flesh and the sin that comes from the flesh. We can't walk in both worlds. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. This is who you used to be. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, are you ready for this? This is what we need in our lives. We can't produce this fruit on our own. Maria talked about this. We need that fruit, and that does not come from us. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Have an expectation that your lives are different because of the work of the Spirit. And out of a Spirit-filled life will flow love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Church, you ought to walk daily in a holy expectation. A holy expectation for the fruit of the Spirit to be produced out of your life by the work the Holy Spirit has done in your life. And that fruit bears witness to a changed eternity by the power of God. And I'd say that's a pretty darn good thing. Thank you, Father. 
Hello, hello. Um, just those that are getting prayed for, for the Holy Spirit, as we were just praying, James was uh, sharing and came up a few times, this word vanity. Mm. And I think that the, the, uh, the struggle with vanity actually plays into this moment of praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because often we're so worried about looking weird or sounding weird or maybe I think something's coming and it's not and I'm just not quite sure and we're so worried about what we might look like that we actually squash what God is doing in our lives because it may not look that way. I want to share something. There is a young lady who's in our church. She came to me after a service. It was, she's one of our tech team. She was sitting in the booth, in the tech booth, doing the switching of the uh, cameras. And it was like, not anything like important was happening in the service. Like, I think it was, we were joking around or something. It wasn't like this moment of where God showed up, right? And she's like, I don't know. I just started to feel like this shaking in me. And then I started to cry and everyone starts looking at me and I was so embarrassed and I didn't know what was happening. And then and she said, I felt like, she's like, I don't know. And again, she's very new. She's a new believer. And so she has no idea about the Holy Spirit, like, like other than what maybe she's kind of heard on a Sunday morning, but I'm talking like new, new to the faith. And so she, she starts to share this. She's like, I don't know. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. It was like, almost like my tongue wanted to run away on its own and I didn't know what to do. So I just bit it. She's like, cause I'm sitting there and I'm crying and I'm shaking and everyone's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay. She had no idea what was going on, but there was in this moment, and I so I had to walk her through and share with her, like, actually, I think God was trying to give you the gift of tongues, and you just didn't know, and you're so worried about what everyone else might think in that moment, you stopped it. Mm. There is sometimes a boldness that the Holy Spirit wants to give us that actually Mm. can seem embarrassing in our flesh. A boldness in the Spirit brings embarrassment in the flesh in moments. And I just wanted to not leave tonight before we just spend one more minute, I know it's been a long night, that we need to take a moment, especially those maybe you already have received the Holy Spirit or maybe you thought you had and you're not really sure. We're just going to take one more moment and I'm just going to pray over you. We're just going to say, I'm going to move myself aside and I'm just going to let whatever God is doing come out not going to worry about what anyone else might think about what that moment might look like. I'm just going to say, God, take my innards, take my body, take my tongue, take everything and whatever you want to do with that in this moment, I'm willing and I'm open to let you do that. We're in a room full of Christians and I think I'm okay to do this. I don't think I'm going off on any theology that you might not uh, agree with here. If you have received the gift of tongues, I just want you to begin to pray. Is that okay? I just want you to begin to pray out over others in the room. Let's make it a little bit more comfortable to say, let God, God, you can show up here and whatever that is. Maybe he's going to give you words of prophecy. Maybe he's just going to give you boldness to stand up and declare his goodness as loud as you can. Whatever that is, let's just put ourselves aside for a moment and let's let God just take Thank over you. who we are completely. Thank you. God, you are so good. 
You are so good and so worthy. God, move us out of the way and move to the forefront. God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place. Oh, God, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place. We are postured before you. Boldness over your people, God, a Holy Spirit boldness. God, that we would worry more about you than anything else. God, would you fall in this place? Just declare his goodness in whatever language you want to declare that in. Let's just declare who he is tonight. God, we pray tonight if we've given you space to move us out of the way and you move you to the forefront. God, I pray that this would be a room full of leaders that are filled with your Holy Spirit for the work of the ministry. That we would be a people that know your power, but not so that we can be great, so that people can see that you are great. God, would you empower people to pray, to use languages that you have given them that they do not understand, to intercessor, to inter, intercess before you, God, for the world around them, that they would pray. God, I pray for the gift of prophecy that you will give some in this room to declare who you are, to point people towards you, God. God, I pray that you would give a bold witness to those that are timid, those that say, I don't know, I don't think I could ever share the gospel. Your spirit says, I will give you a bold witness to go out and to declare what Christ has done on that cross. God, I pray that this group of leaders, this group of ministers of the gospel would come back to this moment that they would continually come back and say, God, Holy Spirit, fill me, remind me, remind me that they would daily be reminded of what your spirit has done here in this place tonight.
When we pray, we always want to start off by praising our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we want to close tonight with praising. You guys still cool doing that song? Oh, I bet. We're going to sing a song. and It is a declarative song. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and he died for me. I see his wounds in his hands and his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree, his body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still and all alone. The story does not end in death and defeat. So I want you to rise to your feet. And I want you to join as we declare the good things that God has done, the victory that he has had in this place tonight, the fact that the enemy is defeated. We want to remember that and celebrate that. And we want to walk forward in triumphant victory in the name of Jesus, declaring his good works. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forever. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing it, folks. Let's sing it tonight. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. Come on, forevermore. 
trampled dead. Oh, trampled dead. Where is your sea? The angels roar before Christ the setting like this where the Lord has moved in a profound way. In many of your hearts, there is chains that have been broken off. There has been healing that has taken place inside in your soul, that supernatural healing that we cannot find that kind of healing in the natural has taken place in a moment like this. And often what we can do is we can think it's only in moments like this that the supernatural can take place, and that is not true. The supernatural takes place outside of these walls as well. I think of that, that upper room, that 120 people, was a small number to the number in which that Christ had met, the Christ had interacted with, the Christ had healed and touched, and it was a small number. And often we think, oh, the Spirit moves only when there's large numbers and when there's lots of emotion. And what it was is it was 120 people just waiting, questioning, told by the Christ that we're to wait, so we're just going to wait. It's an old Pentecostal term we were talking about over here, this, this concept of tarrying before the Lord, <laughs> of just waiting on Him. And I, I want to encourage you, many of you need to stay here and, and wait on him. And many of you are going to go, and can I encourage you to continue to wait in expectancy on him. This evening, in your bed, as you process and think through what the Lord has been doing inside your life, as you discuss with your roommates what the Lord has been doing and speaking to you. As you wake up tomorrow morning and open up your scriptures to be reminded again of what the Lord is doing in your life, to wait before him and believe in expectancy that what he's doing here in this moment, he can do anywhere, in any setting. Amen?
And so I want to give a pastoral encouragement. JC, you can come on up. I want to give a pastoral encouragement as we will conclude here this evening with, with this. That you're also going to need to take some time to rest, right? As we respond to this, we're going to need to make sure that we take some physical rest because there's a lot of energy and work put into the supernatural as well. It can exhaust us. It's a wonderful thing. But as a pastoral advice to you, make sure you, you give yourself adequate times of rest. Thanks, Gav. Um, there's more context to what I'm about to say, a, a lot that's uh, going on inside of me. The short story, I, I came into chapel and as we were worshiping, I said to, to myself as I was praying, I want us to raise our hands again. Just an observation from the way that we've been pressing into God over the last little bit. I want us to raise our, raise our hands again. And uh, just now as we were singing that song, I think for the first time in a while, and maybe this is my ignorance or my lack of eyesight, but everybody unprompted were raising their hands. And it was such a beautiful picture of victory. And so God's really speaking to me, and I just really feel like this, this really significant confirmation that as I was praying at the beginning, Lord, I want to see us raise our hands again, that across this room, hands were raised. And that's the posture of victory that we're supposed to be walking in often. Every time we come before him. And so that picture, it's challenging me and I, and I wanted to challenge us that we always walk in that victory, but that it can be a more common experience for us. And so I just wanted to share that. How about this? We'll sing. Can we sing another round of that? And then we'll give a dismissal. But if you'd like to stay and wait, please, let's do so. Let's sing together. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. One more time. And oh, praise the God bless you this evening. You can feel the release to go. By all means, be blessed as you do so. If you do, please exit the building as people are going to stay here and pray. And we'd like to honor that uh, in the sounds. We're going to keep strumming away, Levi. We're going to keep praying. God bless you as you go. Keep pressing in as we stay for a little longer.